Hey, Gary. Yes? Hey, do you want to do a podcast with me where we explore core topics? Oh, fuck yeah. Yes. And let's call it Queer Nundrum. Oh, my God. Yes. Awesome. Please listen carefully. What's the name of our podcast again? I'm just kidding. It is Queer Nundrum. Do you know what Queer Nundrum means? Do you want to tell us what Queer Nundrum means? Yeah. Uh, First of all, thank you so much for joining us today on our podcast, Queer Nundrum, and just allowing us the opportunity to share our passions with you guys. Uh, Yeah, so Queer Nundrum, if you know the definition of conundrum, it's it's the same principle except for we're focusing specifically on everything dealing with the queer community. So if it's civil rights, history, key icons, fiction, actors, you know, anything in the Hollywood realm, fantasy, you name it, we talk about it here. What's this? What? What's the word you say? Porn? Are we going to talk about porn? Do we want to? I mean, how about how about we say this, listeners? Do you want to hear a conversation that's pornographic in nature? in your earbuds on the podcast no no saying that a show is <laughs> pornographic in nature is different than talking about porn this is true um so. <laughs> i i know i was i i'm messing around so but to talk about yeah i mean why not i don't think that should be a conversation we shouldn't have i think having a healthy conversation about that subject matter would be good i mean why not if somebody so you and you and desiree should have a night of watching lesbian porn <laughs> so you can get ready for, you know, actually some research, you know. Yeah, re- yeah, that's what we'll call it. We'll call it research. <laughs> like, honey, we're going to do some re- research tonight. So, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, she'd be on board. Um, I, but yeah, I think that'd be a healthy a healthy thing for us to cover. The other things that we cover in Cornundrum and terminology, uh, building our understanding in, ling- in our language. I'm a proponent of, we use the words that we're limited to. And the more we learn and grow as people, the better we can use those words uh, to describe how we feel or to maybe even understand ourselves. And and I'll talk a little bit about that in our queer corner at the bottom of the show where I'll, I'll talk about words that I finally, when I understood what they meant, really got a better understanding of who I am as a person. And that really helped as my, with my identity. Uh, so I'm going to touch a little bit on that at the bottom of our show in Queer Corner. So if this is new to you, Queer Corner is just a small segment of our show where we will either highlight a a story or comment that our our listeners have shared with us, or we talk about certain terminologies or things that are like going on in our own lives that may pertain to our show or our person. And we kind of, we bring that to the show in, in our segment called the Queer Corner. Uh, but yeah, what we do is we, uh, if you got, if you listen to the first couple of shows, um, we kind of jumped into a little bit of our, our queer nerdum, where we nerded out a little bit on sci- uh, Star Trek, excuse me, and how, how did Star Trek handle the queer, the queer nundrum? Like, how do they handle those conversations? And we talk a little bit about the directors and a little bit about the time frame, uh, you know, where civil rights, we're really pushing for civil rights for the queer community. And highlighting just certain certain things on that and, kind of, and sharing our thoughts. So if you if you caught that, great. 
Uh, thanks for joining us here today on this show. We're going to take a slightly different direction. We're going to be still a little in the Hollywood realm, but we're going to be talking about um, Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen, yeah. So we're gonna I was going to say, I, I think you can't get much more in the Hollywood realm right now than Ellen. Than Ellen, yeah. So <laughs> we're going to start the next. These next couple of episodes are are highlighting actors in their career uh, uh, you know have have coming out and um i i want to add to that it's going to be more like talk show hosts really uh, yes. we're, we're okay, not, specifically. really getting into a definite yes talk show so we're gonna we're gonna start this episode um with ellen but before we jump into that uh, we are still, it, we're still just before Christmas. So you guys have already caught our first couple episodes after Christmas. Thank you so much. I am currently wearing, you cannot see it, but I'm currently wearing my ugly Christmas shirt. And it is a Christmas sweater. And it is this very sad looking snowman with the black hat, black top hat on him. And there is this puppy in the picture with the Santa hat and he just peed on the snowman. And he's partially melted as a result of it. And it cracks and me up. Where did you get that? I can't remember. I can't. Re- I think like Goodwill or something. Yeah. I don't. I just. When you go for ugly sweaters at Christmas time, I go for. I try to find recycled sweaters. And then I may bedazzle them to make them even uglier or not. This one didn't need it. It's simple. I love it. it makes me happy. I'm so grateful I could share that opportunity with you guys. So I have an ugly Christmas sweater. I wish I would known you wearing yours. So I have one that literally on it says "Ho Ho Homo for the holidays." <laughs> Are you serious? Yes. That's hilarious. We um, we were exposed to COVID, so we were we were we dressed up as elves, and we went to a friend of ours uh, who's a massage therapist, and that's what they're doing. So that's their job, right? So medical professional. Giving massages and during the time of pandemic is just stressful. Um, and we, they've never had a Christmas tree their entire life. They're in their thirties. They've never had a Christmas tree when they were married. Uh, they're since divorced, but when they were married, their husband was, did not want a Christmas tree. He's like, we don't have kids. There's no point. So we're not gonna have a Christmas tree. Parents, not on on the same vine of conversation or regarding, Oh, we don't have kids. We don't care. It's just, they didn't care about putting anything up for Christmas. So they've never had that experience. And they've seen these Christmas trees that have been, people have been doing during COVID just really going all out with Christmas trees. And so they were, they're just like, Oh my gosh, someday I wish. So we went out and bought a, a tiny little tree and decorated it with them while listening to Christmas music. And during that time frame, it turned out they had COVID uh, they didn't show symptoms and for another two days. So we are cautiously uh, isolating from people, even if we have a negative result, uh, which we won't find out until later. So the next time you hear us on the show, I should have a result back. But we're still going to still isolate just in case because tests are great. But So basically, always... once I got done having to isolate for being exposed, then you have to isolate for being exposed. Yeah, so the, the circle has gotten smaller. And a lot of that's because people traveled during Thanksgiving and didn't social distance very well. And it just it's just gotten closer and closer. We were all wearing masks. We were we were good. So we're hopeful that we didn't get it. Being mindful. So that's that's what's new with me. What's new with you, Gary? Um well I don't I, I don't have COVID. My test came back negative, so that thrilled me. Um I actually yesterday I did a 
presentation that actually when you were trying to talk to me the day before I was working on and it just I was stressing about it I wanted to get it all done and literally did not sleep the night before it and um I even felt it went really well and then uh just to get uh, justifications from it I had from a lot of people were on the presentation that either it was this all because you know we're in COVID times it was it was done on online and I had so many people get back to me telling me how great this presentation was and it's one of the best nice. it's seen in a while and I actually what had was a the woman presentation on? And, um it was actually it started off being about uh racial bias I'm I'm in charge of all the diversity and inclusion for uh our district at my actual paying job and uh but it sort of went off track but in a good way we started finding out some things and I actually had a woman who had been on the call call me up after the event so I didn't feel like I could share but I talked about some stuff that happened to her and I got her director in the right place to go to I said you really need to talk to somebody about what you're telling me about right it was just so it was just really good day that I was just had been stressed out for a couple days about and so it that really made me feel good and I'm hoping I got that woman uh on a track to that she's getting taken care of what what's happening with her at work and things like that so anyway but it was just a really that so yesterday was just an amazing day it was just nice I've been able to be out of the house for several days now but that was just epitome of wonderful so Aww, that's yay. my big thing that that happened and then you get to help another human yeah i love and it dealing with flipping extremely we're in a heat wave right now we're at 21 degrees Woo. oh yeah because you were negative what nine yeah. the other day <laughs> no negative 12 no, so 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 sorry negative yeah i don't 12. know what you're thinking i don't know what you're <laughs> <laughs> And then yeah. today I went off to a really nice coffee house and had some coffee this morning and That's crazy. Um, enjoyed just being on my own and reading a, and reading from a book for a while. So that was, so it's been a really my, good day. My wife and I play Pokemon Go, uh, something that she got Nerds. me into. Oh uh, yeah. Got, <laughs> I know. Nerds. I know. She got it. She got me into it years ago. Um, and it was just something to do while we were on our walk. So we go for walks and we just catch a Pokemon and it's fun. It's whatever. Well, now it's just kind of the thing that we do because it is, it's fun to do. And there is a, an event to catch Mr. Mime, which is a Pokemon that you only could get if you're in Europe. And there's a special event that we got to participate in. And yeah, we, we dorked out. We went for a walk. We took our dog with us. Um, we, we did the drive through. Uh, with our masks on and everything so we could get our coffee. And then we just went and hung out at the park and walked around and, and pokeballed for like two hours. And it was great. <laughs> it was dorks, but we love it. Love it. So, all right. <laughs> Thank you so much for... What was that? Just get those nerds now. Nerds! <laughs> all right. Just so everyone knows, I did not edit that into the show. Just, he's just doing his own sound editing over there. He's our <laughs> resident sound engineer. All right. <laughs> Getting into our show. Gary, do you want to take us in? Uh, sure. Uh, what, who we are, like I said, we're talking about Ellen DeGeneres today. Yep. Um, mainly we picked her first for this new series we're doing uh, on queer, the queer nundrum on queer hosts, because, well, right now she's 
literally, I'm going to say probably the most powerful queer <laughs> that at least is out. How about that? Out, so. Yeah. I mean, she's uh, on the, on the top queer powerhouse. Uh, I think she's like number two. She's oh, also number, number huh? Who's number one? Oh, what? Uh, give me a second. I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Larvine Cox is an actor and oh, activist. Yeah. Laverne. Laverne. Sorry. Sorry, Laverne. Laverne. Forgive me. Okay, so we're not yeah. talking financially just on the just social. in terms of like like the like the the pride power list. Yeah, okay. But right, financially, Ellen's number 15 with like 87 billion a trillion dollars or something yeah, like that. Yeah. She just bought a <laughs> giant ass mansion recently. Well, you know that they she and uh, Portia, her wife, uh-huh. um they uh, get houses um, and renovate them and sell them. That's sort of what Portia now does. She's not really doing a lot of acting anymore. Yeah. So, you know, to keep money on, you know, to keep food on the table because, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just there. It's good. It's good. They they do a lot of things, which we'll we'll get into. Um, But yeah, let's get into it. So we're going to start with Ellen. Most, I would say, or agree anyway, prominent queer Act, I don't know about actress, but definitely uh, talk show host. Well, yeah, I consider she she has done acting work in the past, including okay. just recently, you know, doing the uh, the Dory spinoff from Finding Nemo. That's true. I and so Dory. she's actually, um, you what? I love Dory. Oh, I thought you said you hadn't seen that. Going, I were yeah, I named my car Dory, and I put. And a I was Dory like, how in the hell have you never seen this movie? So yes, no, um. So I also have a giant fish when, tank. Anyway. When I swim, when I just don't really want to go, I just hate, just I just don't want to do it. I always just go, yeah, I <laughs> So I do, do the, the must, must keep swimming. Must just, just keep, just keep swimming. swimming. Just keep, yeah. just keep swimming. I, I can't then, say it and not wiggle when I do it. Yeah. So. <laughs> You're missing that in your earbuds, just so you know. All right. <laughs> yes. You missed her wiggle in your earbuds. <laughs> yes. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> so, folks, when she says that line, ever just wiggle in your, you know, just wiggle. Just wiggle so, you know, <laughs> wiggle, 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 wiggle. We'll have a little um, dance routine here before you know it. So, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about it, I think you did too, is because mm-hmm. she did is wonderful or as powerful as she is now. She's human, and there's been issues that have happened recently that we will talk about when we get farther in the show. But, yep. I mean, one of the first things that happened to her, which is really cool, is that she went on the Tonight Show. Which, okay, I'm not really saying this. Holly, did you ever? Were you old enough to ever watch the Tonight Show, or do you remember the Tonight Show a lot? Or no? No. Okay, and that's fine. <laughs> I, I, I may have. I'm. If I see an episode, I'm like, oh yeah, I caught one or two of them. You know, Johnny Carson. So the. No, okay. I mean, I so know who okay. I know who he is. I know the show, but I don't yeah. think I've ever watched it. Well, I I I thought you were probably a little too young for it. So it's I am a it, baby compared to you. <clears throat> well, yeah, compared to me. So she's her. She got her bit. She was already becoming a kind of up and comer. She got comedian of the year kind of yeah. things. But where she really hit a big was um, back when there were only three networks. She appeared on Johnny Carson. And she was the first woman comedian who he ever invited over to his couch. He, these new comedians would come on, they'd, they'd do, the do their bit, and they leave. And then he would go applaud, applaud, they'd leave. Every once in a while, he'd ask them to come sit on the couch and talk to him for a minute. 
Mm-hmm. She was one of the people that that got that honor. Yeah, the gold, the so-called golden handshake. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so that was the first thing she did. And it's funny because the first thing she did as a comedian were you wouldn't guess where she ended up. Um, and we all grow, but her stuff for first stuff is very sweet, very, and her stuff is still good natured. But it was very; it wouldn't have been offensive to anybody. There's no way. You could have, you know, the thing that uh, got her over to Johnny Carson was she did this whole bit about calling up God to asking questions. <laughs> and it's really cute. You should, I would tell everybody to Google and look for it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. I, I think that, I have seen it. Yeah. yeah, I think there was like a, I got on like a, one of those Facebook video watching things where you're like, it's, you start watching cat videos, which turn into dog videos, which turn into comedian videos. Which oh, yeah. Is, you know what I mean? You go, like, you go down a hole. Like there's a, a hole, it, yeah. and there's yeah, got to be a, like a, a a medical diagnosis for that in the in the yeah. DSM. You just get sucked into this whirlwind yeah. of videos, and it's not a bad experience. But you end up watching some pretty interesting things, and I think that <laughs> stand up ended up being as part of that. Anyway. One of my things, I ended up watching this <laughs> where it came from. <laughs> watching this thing about kids, little kids who talked about their past lives where they were, where they like this one little boy talking about dying in world war one. And I'm watching this at one 30 in the morning, scared shitless girl. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway. And I think I literally started off by looking at stuff for news bloopers or something, you know? Right. <laughs> it's, I love the the videos where kids are trying to explain like these big things. It's like, what, you know, what is God? And they go into like this weird interpret, you know, child interpretation. It's like, how, okay, I can kind of see how you thought they were magic because, or like one of, I, one I watched was like, they thought they were a giant wizard in the sky because they had, they had used lightning and a, a Bible story or something like that. And it was just, it was cute. I love watching little kids. And I could go on, I could go on a tangent. Oh, we have been. so <laughs> Right. I know there's a whole, okay. Tangent. You have been warned. Tangent. Okay. There's this, oh um, this thing in Twitter right now that is so fantastic. This, uh, with the pandemic, pandemic started in early april people were you know obviously being isolated having to work from home all that well kids kids were kids are being affected emotionally uh not being able to see their friends and this little girl i think she's like eight nine years old decides to build a fairy garden at the base of a tree in their neighborhood neighborhood and she builds this little fairy thing puts puts a note on there saying hey during this really dark time, I just want to share happiness with people. If you want to participate, please add, do not take away. And so this woman who's going through this like really depressing time in her life uh, sees this garden, starts adding to the garden, writes a little note. The parents had written a note and put it on this tree as well. And so she attaches a note for the parents saying, Hey, I live just down the road. Here's my address, contact information. I, you know, they had, they had corresponded through these cute little fairy notes and she pretends to be this fairy and shares these wonderful, powerful stories with this little girl who she's who goes out and like says nice things to people and creates pieces of art, gives it away to others. And she's like, and so she writes back to her little fairy saying, Hey, I did these three things that you asked me to do, and I made these people very happy and it made me feel really good. And so this child's really having this experience explaining her emotions. And it writing to who she believes is this fairy living in the tree. And so they have like this, like couple of months, they go back and forth. And well, also parents are involved in this conversation and it's just this beautiful story. I will figure out the name of the Twitter feed or whatever to get you in on it, to share with you. And it's a story you should hear. 
everyone needs it during this time. Digressing, jumping back to Ellen. But actually, it sort of goes with it because when Very is Ellen's tagline? Be kind. Be kind to one another. Be kind. So uh, it really, it fits. And it's you, like you, in the with, realm. Without yeah. you realizing it, I understand, but you fit into it. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> like, and there's fairies. I mean, yeah. subsect. Of well, the yeah. Game. So there you go. That fits into, you know. You so, know. Um, <laughs> 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 I will say as a parent. So you're saying that I have to ask that the parents actually met the woman writing the notes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the parents okay, were involved. Going, it wasn't just like this random, like, adult corresponding. It was just, it's, so it's called a neighbor pretends to be a fairy. And it's, oh, and the, the parents child, knew about it. The chair, yeah, the child is four years old. And the oh, parents knew about it. I just make it sure. Because could oh, yeah. you imagine hearing about, yeah, I got this, I got this fairy writing. I got an imaginary fairy. Yeah, that would just I'd be, be like, I'd be calling the cops so fucking quick. Go, okay, I so want So quick. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. She actually wrote a note and attached it to the parent's note because the parent had wrote a note, you know, just for the neighborhood to know, like, that my child is doing this. Please be nice and respectful of my child's pieces of oh, okay. If okay. you have, like, if you have a problem with this, please contact the parent about this if this is an issue. It wasn't a concern. So she, she contacts uh, this little girl's parents and says, hey, I just want to make sure you, you know, I'm the one who's pretending to be the fairy. Um, her name's Sapphire. And, I, you know, Sapphire is me and I'm doing this. I, the, if anything is inappropriate, you feel uncomfortable, let me know. No, the parents gave her information. It's like, this is her favorite color. Okay, that just idea. Really yeah, yeah. Yes, they were fully involved. They were, this whole thing was handled responsibly. You can find... Kelly Victoria on Twitter at says the Fox S A Y S the Fox, all one word. Uh, she's, she is Sapphire in this story. And they actually even, you'll love this. They even have a conversation about D and D. This little girl plays a, a, a D and D game with her father. And it's just, it's cute guys. We need this in our lives. And yes, it is slightly off the topic, but Ellen's thing. Yeah, we, we really veered way off. But look, we can go back to Ellen yeah, now. Yeah, so. you know, Ellen, you know, be kind is 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 her, is her logo. We'll get into a little bit more about that and what's going on recently in 2020 with the Ellen show. Uh, but before so, that, we'll, we'll take it back to her early career. We're talking about starting out as a comedian, uh, getting that golden handshake on the Carson show that I never watched. Because, <laughs> you know, I don't think it was around when I was around. Who knows? Well, well, I honestly didn't think you were old enough to see it. So that's why I wasn't too yeah. shocked. And then really, you know, she had a, a decent career. She um, was in a show called Open House, which is about realtors that didn't go anywhere. But she was, I because I remember watching this show it was when Fox is like the second or third year Fox was a network. Okay. And I remember watching it, not like, I thought the show was stupid, but I thought she was good. I remember even thinking that at the time. And so this is also about the time period that uh, Friends became a very popular show. Oh, and so yeah. other places where Friends and Seinfeld and all that stuff. So uh, it, um, ABC had decided they wanted to do the show called These Friends of Mine. And they got Ellen in one yes. of the roles and they cast some other roles. And actually, originally on that show, they were originally, Ellen had wanted her character to be lesbian. Yeah. Um, I think the show only lasted, what, a year? The, well, actually, what it did is actually then became the Alan show, and they kept oh, some of the characters. Yeah, because yeah, so it, it all ending, stayed. The show was ending, and they decided to t- keep her character and change it to the Ellen show. And I, well, kind of. Okay. So correct me. He's <laughs> our resident historian and fact checker. So at <laughs> him, do not at me. At no, it's 
<laughs> these friends of mine, they really, they did it a lot like the Seinfeld. They're trying to be more like a Seinfeld show or a friend show. Right. And it ended up being at the end of the first year, it had an okay audience. I mean, but they realized the true breakout performer on the show was Ellen. Mm-hmm. So they just renewed it for another season. And at that point, they let everybody know, hey, we're changing to, to Ellen. And they told some people they were not going to be staying with the show any longer. One of them, and I don't have her name up here, but the woman who played Janice on Friends was one of the, on the first season, one of the starring people on these friends of mine, and they got rid of her character. So I, you know, and so that, that couldn't have felt good. That actor, and that's funny that that all happened. But right. So Ellen lasted a total of, if you include these friends of mine, it lasted for a total of four seasons, a little over four seasons. Yeah. A hundred and nine episodes, something like that. A little over a hundred episodes. Yes. Yeah. She was also and, um, a writer and producer for the show, wasn't she? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so she, um, the show, I mean, honestly watching, I watched all of it. I, cause I was such a huge fan of Ellen. Mm-hmm. It never really clicked with me, but it was one of those shows that I wanted to like it so much. I kept watching it continuously, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and you, and you could see throughout the show that they tried, they, every year there were cast changes. They tried different formats. They tried different and nothing things, yeah. ever quite gelled. Well, I'm um, going to, I'll have something to add to that when we yeah. start pushing into some of the stuff that we're hearing in the 2020s about kind of working with her and what that's like. Oh, yeah. Because it will tie back a little bit to this. So there's a callback to this in a, in a little bit. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And finally, Ellen just finally said, look, I want to come out as as a lesbian, and so I want my character to come out. And mm-hmm. so it was from everything I, can, I read up about it, it really, they were... I mean, a lot of people didn't want to do it, but it was kind of, there wasn't a lot to lose because it wasn't, it was a kind of popular show, but it was never like hugely popular. Yeah. And so there was like, the risk was, was worth it. And that was in 97. And I believe you're talking about the two-parter, the puppy episode, which has been kind of dubbed the coming out episode. Well, it is because that's where she came out. (laughs) Right. Right. And it's, the scene is her her girlfriend is or this friend is leaving and she cause, you know it's in the airport or whatever and Ellen's refusing to come out and she gets she grabs like the air the airport microphone and professes and like okay I'm gay I, or whatever however that the exact word she goes. said I'm gay I'm gay there I said it I'm gay and then the gal who she's talking to goes well uh, something about I've never that was my first time coming out in front of 45 million people in the airport, you know, just like making a joke in, in, in this moment that was also serious. And during that, like during the rehearsal, she was Ellen was very stressed, just just rehearsing that actually vocalizing coming out it was very stressful. And then well, she actually, there were death threats, death threats. Um, after the episode aired, uh, J.C. Penney's Wendy and Chrysler all pulled ads. ABC mm-hmm. turned down major advertisers of the LBGT community, like companies, um, human rights campaign, and then a, a traveling company called uh, Livia Cruises, and refused to take money. It's like, you're losing money, but you're not going to take money. It was very interesting decisions that the network made. And she had death threats. I don't know if I'm jumping the gun in what, in what you were saying there. I apologize if I interrupted you. No. Uh, yeah, was- she went through a lot and suffered some depression as a result of everything that was going on. Uh, the show. Well, even on the day of the taping, they had to, um, everybody had to go through, um, they had to get searched. They weren't, uh, all the audience members had to get searched to make sure yep, that they, the nobody was bringing in real. guns or. 
Yeah, threats were real. The extras didn't know because they didn't have the extras in as part of the rehearsal process. Probably a combination of reasons for that. I, you know, having money, you know, having the people in there for for the take. You don't really need them. They're just standing around. Uh, and I should say, just standing around. Extras are important. They complete the scene. Uh, but they, but they can, weren't they weren't needed to know what the storyline they was, weren't needed they, to know the storyline so a lot of their reaction was genuine they did i don't think anybody in that show as an extra was fully aware of what was happening in that scene and what they ultimately were a part of and what became known as the come out episode in 1997 which really started the not as much as i wanted to do right that's always the case when you have things like you know human rights involved, but presenting LBGT characters on TV. It was, that was the, that was one of the major starts. Now I think. Oh no, it was. It was the the start. No. Yeah. Cause it wasn't until 2001 when uh, Will and Grace came out. Sorry. I was getting the, getting that timeline mixed up. Yeah. No, it was the, and so she. Yeah. No, this is the first time you actually had, they were before there was like in the seventies, there was a series called soap that had actually played by Billy Crystal, got a character named Jody Dallas, who was gay, but then when they needed to, they made him straight. And then they, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, so but as the point, main character, yeah. main character comes out, oh, yeah. the actress comes out. She has, does a thing on times, has a conversation with Oprah. I do want to, well, you know, okay, so in the episode, on the, the puppy episode. Yes. So first of all, Oprah was in it. She played yep. the, the psychiatrist. Yep. And then also, do you remember who her, her love interest was that made that made a real she had to come out? Susan? No. The the, the real life person. Oh, the real life person. Oh, the, yeah. the, it was Laura Dern who played that part. Okay. What was interesting is she, she had just got done with Jurassic Park. Oh, that's right. So it was right. like one of the it girls. She was it. She did yeah. this role, and be, and when after this role came out, she didn't work for another year just for being in that episode. Yep. So that was um, a big thing. What I what I like about this episode, before we get off on all the stuff that happened, is I liked that. Yes, it was a comedy, but it showed her struggling because that time period you had to. It was a you had to decide because yeah, you were always there was always a chance you'd be going out and be shot or killed. I mean, or beaten up or something terrible happening to you. So you. It take it took a lot of guts to for her to come out. Well, it was terrifying. It was yeah. absolutely a terrifying experience for her, for for you know anybody in that situation. And and it was a memorable moment. It was a scene that I think will always be for me a a, a pivotal moment. I didn't realize when I watched the show. I was, I was a young human. I was like 14 years old. And my mom has always been a strong proponent of love, love thy neighbor. You do not judge people for being gay or different than you. God loves everyone. And because at that time we had some influence in the church that was saying, you know, gay is bad. It could be cured and all that. And my mom's like, I don't, we do not believe this. You're hearing this at the church, but we do not believe this. And so I remember he, seeing this episode. I remember... I didn't really love the show so much. I kind of watched it every once in a while, but I do I do recall like enjoying it. And the fact that this person was coming out on TV, I was like, oh, this is so cool. God is love. But then hearing people hating and saying mean things, it just it as a 14-year-old, it was really confusing. And I didn't really understand that value much later in my life when I came out uh what, 10 years later, 13 years later. 
And it wasn't like I had it. I was hiding it. So it wasn't really coming out. It was more of a moment of realization. It was like, oh, I am gay. That makes sense. Um, so, not as glamorous as coming out. And I don't know if glamorous <laughs> is the right word, but coming out in an airport scene well, on the on the on the, the t- on the on the on the the sound system. Well, and I kind of like that. The one of the things they it's is um, I've heard in interviews. She they thought it was the perfect way to do it because. She was coming out to the world, so let's just make this funny in here. Right. Um, Recognizing what was what, really... Go ahead. Oh, no. I almost like, on this note, that the next episode they do is called Hello Mada, Hello Fada, which is... Um, that's a play on an old on an old song, if you don't know. But I do. It's where she actually tells her parents. And it's actually a really touching episode. If you've never seen that episode, Can't it's episode that. 23 of season four. It's a really good episode. Um, I was really impressed with how all the actors handled that. They did a really good job with that one too. The other, the first episode with the Pepe episode was just all about, you know, it was, and it had to be, it was about her coming out and, mm-hmm. and Laura Dern, Oprah Winfrey were on it. So, but the next episode was really a very touching episode about her coming out to her parents. So I always like to really recommend that one too. Yeah. On, in the episode, uh, the Papi episode, there's also, uh, I do believe Katie Lang was in it. You know, they had a lot of the people. Katie Lang, for those of you who don't know, is a, is a singer, an amazing singer. If you never listened to her, you should. She's done some amazing things. But it was, so you got to give a lot of credit. And like Holly said, there, and there were the death threats. And she lost J.C. Penney's, which is funny. I want to point them out in particular because then, about 10 years later, she became the spokesperson for J.C. For J.C. Penney's, so, yeah. I met how things changed. Oh, my so. gosh, yeah. Well, Chrysler went under. They've been picked up by Fiat. Uh, Wendy's is, you know, Wendy's, whatever. J.C. I've never Penney's, been a big fan like, of Wendy's anyway, so just never did it for yeah, me. Yeah, never. No, every once in a while, maybe I'll have, like, a sandwich, like, every one. Maybe so, one. anyway, anyway, this started a period of... Three years then after, so this show mm-hmm. when it got canceled, and it got canceled is because the ratings went way up, and then didn't they didn't go really way down? They just went back to where they were, right? And, and so everybody was, said it was a failure, but it really wasn't, right? Because it, it went up because of what she was doing, oh yeah. But then it didn't really stay with it, and yeah. the writing. So she had problems. I know that recently in the news, and we'll get into this a little bit more. She's had some problems as a with her with her staff and with people that she's had on her show um, in terms of like her behavior just being just not a pleasant person to be around which is not something you want to hear when you when you think of Ellen that's not typically what comes to mind what comes to mind is this cheerful funny lighthearted person who's caring and compassionate and to hear that they have this like darker side to themselves is like uh, oh that's that's rough but she she had with her writers on that show, she actually had some problems with them where she would say things like the writing is shit. Or she would say, why do you keep writing these jokes? They aren't funny. Like to her writers, to the people that she's supposed to be working with. And it just created a uncomfortable work environment. And I think when you have, if you, if you're being honest with yourself, that will affect performance. doesn't matter what your job is. That will always affect your performance within that job. And I think that. And there were a lot of things going on. Yes. Um, Yes, There were. And I, that was very big part of it. Another part was that the writers wanted to make her a new woman dating each week kind of thing. That's what they wanted. She wanted to make it the lesbian version of mad about you at that point. Mm. So they were coming up from such different angles. Just none of it was 
working and, nothing, and it yeah, did cause nothing tensions. was quite jiv- jiving the way they wanted. And please tell me at least you know what mad about you is, Holly. Oh gosh, gee, okay. Liz. <laughs> yes, of course I know mad about you. That one I watched a lot of. Okay. Just making sure. So that was and so that's what she wanted to make it, and the writers didn't, and they just had issues with that. They did bring on a character to play her uh, love interest who had a child. Which is all really cool. I think the last season, and I was wrong, it went for five seasons. But I think the last season was actually one of the best seasons of that show for this reason. So, um, especially watching it now. And so, but anyway, so after this show ended, it got canceled because the ratings were back down to where they were. Mm-hmm. And yes, there we are, you hear all these rumors about all the stuff going on in the back. You know, the, she and the writers were not getting along. Yeah. And they did go through a lot of cast changes. And part of that could be because of her. Working with her probably wasn't yeah. the greatest. and. We don't know what the deal was with that. We don't know the full story. These are this is information that was coming out publicly years, years, years later. So, and things change after time. And then you perceive things differently through different through a different lens. Oh yeah, you so, don't. I mean, it's this is all we're saying is conjecture because we just don't know. We just I mean, we have we're, no we're there. Yeah, we Ellen, wish we were. That meant we would hey, have the careers uh-uh. where we wanted. Ellen, if you're listening to this show. Please, please feel free to set the record straight. Just saying. I would love to have a conversation with you. Just love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. Go on. <laughs> so she did have some other really cool acting jobs. You know, you have oh, to say sure. that she. Dory. Hello. Sorry. She did do. Um, and she did do another series called The Ellen Show. Yes, she did. In 2001, she picked up another show called The Ellen Show. Yep. I think that ran for Which, three. No, it ran for 13 episodes. So about a, a year. Was it 18? Yeah. It was 18. Yeah. And the really the, the part about this that is actually pretty cool is that Jim Gaffigan was in it. Emily Rutherford, who, who went on to be in the old adventures of new Christine, Martin Mull was in it. And of course, uh, Cloris Leachman. So all these yes. really big names were in this show that just was, it was terrible. I tried to watch it. It was, I remember it being a terrible show, but the cool part about it was she was a lesbian on the show. That's what she was. There there was never any coming out. She was just a lesbian. And then she didn't really, there was a time period in there where then after Ellen ended to when she did, then when she did the Ellen show, she really didn't work. There were three years where just not, she couldn't get anything. Yeah. And then she did a thing on Will and Grace where she played a nun, which was hilarious. Yes. Um, Sister... What was it? Oh, I can't even remember Little, what her name was. Oh, Sister Louise. And yeah, it was hilarious. Sister Louise. Yes. She played a, she was in If These Walls Could Talk Too, which I love that. I remember that particular one was just a really, if you could be one of If Those Walls Could Talk, it's, they usually do three to four stories and they're, and they're all short stories that they put into, and they all have a theme. And yeah. this one was about having babies. And in it, Ellen uh, was with um, Sharon Stone. And they're trying to decide if they're going to have a baby or not. And it was just, oh, my God. They, they, and they were really good together. So she did a couple little things here and there. But really, the next big thing she did was Finding Nemo. Mm-hmm. And nobody wanted her. She was poisoned. And the director said, no, I want Ellen. Yep. And so she did that. And all of a sudden, because that was a Disney movie and sweet right. and not offensive, people started liking her again. And that was in 2003. She also did do, uh, she played, she did do some voiceover work in Dr. Doodle. 
she also played like she had some small parts in a couple of movies afterwards but really her she didn't get anything major until finding nemo and then she started getting a little bit more but the tv show uh the ellen show started in 2001 and she's been doing that yes i uh, just found it so yeah yeah so and that's where ellie went and actually the first season or two were okay they weren't big ratings hits yet it took a while for them to find their groove like everything else did and the thing about it is it says a lot about her is that really talk show has to has to appeal to middle America or it's not going to succeed. Talk shows more than anything else. Yeah. And it did. And she made it. And there are people who've come out since she came out, but this really was, then again, she was kind of the first one that when she was in that position, she was out and proud. And, and not too long after the show started, she started or had she started going. She and uh, Portia de Rossi became an item and then got married. Yeah. So all these things happen really. And you, you got to give her with all this shit. She, you know, whatever the shit you want to believe with her or not, she's gone through a lot of crap, mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. There's a, there's definitely a, there's definitely a pedestal of things yeah. happening in her life. I don't, I, I mean, I, God, I can't even imagine what she's gone through to be, to, to go from who she was before becoming famous to being famous and making millions. And then you got Portia and you just, and, you, and you're coming out on the main stage and you're getting death threats. I can't imagine the stuff that she has to go through. And did, did she handle it? Well, I don't know. History will. Okay. I think we can say that to the public, she did. I think we're at that point where to the public. And I have to say that as we get to this, her average yearly salary is now $75 million a year. That's mm-hmm. her average salary a year right now. So, you know, she's making some monies. Yeah. So whatever she did, she did it right on that part of it. And then we've heard, and in this time period, she did Finding Nemo. She did uh, Finding Dory. She's got Ellen's Game of Games going. She yes. did a design challenge show. She's she's got a design all- line. Yeah, overall, yeah. she's. I, I I think earlier I said it was like 80, 88 million, but it's it's actually four hundred and ninety million is what the current yeah. estimate is of her net worth. And that's just as we do this now. By tomorrow, this probably going to be you know two billion. Who you know? Right, because she's <laughs> so. earning. Yeah, she's earning like you know seventy to eighty million dollars a year. So. so she's do she has an amazing career and she's an amazing businesswoman. Yeah. So I think we need to make sure and state that. And as we get into this other stuff, I, I want to make sure that's a known that she is somebody that when I was still in the closet, she yeah. was somebody that I could look to and go, you know, okay, oh, she yeah. had the guts. Yeah, for sure. And we have uh and then so we now we get into the hearing about what's what is now going on in the Ellen show. Yes. And it seems like you, I'm going to let you lead that one a little bit. because really Yeah. Uh, so we're 2020 has just brought us a lot of shit. Just everybody's dealing with it differently. We have, you know, emotional intelligence being challenged and just everything's just very stressful shows. Broadway theater in general have all closed down. Uh, Ellen show is no exception. Just like other talk show hosts, they had to go virtual. Well, but there, can I lead up into this? And I'm going to let you go on this ah, in a minute. Do, but do leading up to that, you got to consider, which is all good stuff. But we had the stuff with Harvey Weinstein. We had the stuff with yeah. Kevin Spacey. We had the Me Too movement. We had Black Lives Matter. Yes. All this stuff happens, and then all of a sudden, 
it's not, well, no, it wasn't all of a sudden, but then this it, came up. Through Twitter. Through Twitter. Yeah. yeah. So Nikki Tutorials, uh, Nikki, I can't remember her last name, but it, it's, uh, she does tutorials and she was tweeting her experience. Actually, what happened is she was on a talk show in her own country and she had, think the host, like the host was of the show was like, oh, thank you so much for being on the show. And she goes, wow, this is a like a night and day difference. I was on the Ellen show and I expected it to be like, like Disney. But what I got was Teletubbies after dark. Like I didn't have my own bathroom. I wasn't, I wasn't greeted by Ellen at all. I had a grumpy intern who was obviously overworked and she was just, I, I was treated very rudely and I appreciate that I, ha- I get to have this experience. Well, she takes that experience and she then talks a little bit about it in Twitter and then someone else picks it up and I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his name. It's like Tom something. He picks it up and he's like, hey, you know, Ellen's always been this like positive influence and in, in talking about be kind to one another, share your, sh- you know, share your, your, you know, her shitty experience and got 2000 responses to that. Now there are haters out there and there are trolls out there. So I, I don't read into this with any real like chutzpah about, Oh yeah, this is the real facts here people. So take that with a grain of salt. Uh, but basically there was a Twitter tag is like one of the meanest people alive is what it, what it was. The Twitter tag was about. And it, and it was about Ellen. And one of the responses was um, someone who, I don't know, who was a server. They were working in a restaurant and they served Ellen and Portia and Ellen wrote a letter to the owner and bitched about this server having chipped nail polish. So the, the workers, part of this 2000 people that responded, she says, I worked at the real food daily and I served her and Portia at, at brunch. She wrote a letter to uh, a letter to the owner and complained about my chipped nail polish. Not that it was on her plate, but just that it was on my hand. I had worked until close the night before and was in the very next morning and and almost got me fired. And I was like, wow, like that's a very privileged thing. Like you just be like bitching about somebody's pet. Like, what the hell do you care? Now, I we don't know the contents of that letter. Was it a health concern that she had? We don't understand like the, the full deal of it. And so all I stress this to everybody. When you read comments out there, you need to understand that these are coming from somebody else's point of view. And, and that's what happens. There are a lot of people writers, hosts that are not hosts, but guests that have come to this show that have had these experiences or they say, you know, I've had their, I had Ellen's assistant came to me and said, I'm, I will sit in this chair. Ellen will sit in that chair. I will say nothing to her. I will not look at her. Like just very strict, like very stressful situation. And numerous people have come out saying that. So the network decided to do an investigation just to kind of check out the work situation of what was going on in the show, Ellen. And it turns out there was some validity to it. To the What I say to the extent of what we're hearing in social media, no. Do I say that there was something going on? Yes. Ellen did come out eventually and had a conversation publicly where she commits to doing better. I, as a person, just, I mean, an outside person looking at this, I think we're all flawed humans. I think a lot of the work environment is conducive to the people who are directing the show, writing the show. There are other people who contribute to this melting pot of things that were going on in the set. I think Ellen was a catalyst in that. And we have a lot of pressure on her, especially with the be, be kind, being a slogan that's attached to her puts a, a lot of stress on anybody. 
Um, do I think she could redeem herself in this? Absolutely. If anybody could in this particular set of scenarios, I believe Ellen to be one of those people to be able to rise above it. We are people we're as human beings, we're constantly evolving. I think that she is one of those people that can achieve that and continue to be a beacon of LBGTQ representation and helping with the civil rights and, and having a good, I, I don't, I, I don't know, just helping like develop like a healthy conversation for people of the LGBT community. My and I, I agree with that. I do think that, um, and again, I, I will always say, I, take, I, I think you have to take everything with a grain of salt. Granted, mm-hmm. we've never worked for her. So, I mean, we really, again, we yeah. don't know. I will go back to about the one about the the fingernails. Yeah. That, yes, kind of petty. But first of all, if you're working with visitors, you shouldn't have fingernail polish on anyway. As a and server, you, I was not allowed to wear yeah, because it can chip off. Yeah, and, and that's the next me. thing is that if it's chipped like that, there's more of a chance of it, it contaminating. So I don't know where it was coming from. And also, I got to say, if it's a place where Ellen and Portia are going, you know, they they probably expect high standards, right? <laughs> okay, so I want to say that too, not knowing anything going on, not knowing anything else. But that, but that, just thinking about that, you yeah. think about that, right? That letter that Ellen wrote probably was from a basis of a health concern, but we don't know. We weren't there. Yeah, we don't we know. part of the conversation. Yeah. Yes, is there a standard if you're spending $1,000 a plate or for a cup of coffee or whatever because, you know, people who are super rich get to do that? Well, a plate of coffee should cost at least $1,000. I'm, I'm just, right. <laughs> plate, a plate of coffee. You know what I mean? So we just we just don't know. You have to take we it don't in know. context. Yeah. And... Yeah, there maybe ha- there might have been something to that, but if you don't know that, and you see as part of the two thousand te- like tweets, you're like, oh my god, Ellen's terrible. Did she do some terrible things? Was she kind of kind of shitty to work with? Maybe we don't know. We weren't there. I'm sure she is. I bet she still is. She probably has the all the stress, obviously, to to live up to being Ellen uh, and being kind to one another and being kind to one another. Um, she's probably getting stress from her network. You know, that there's a top down method there too. If there's stress coming in on that, just general life stress on top of that. And then you have the spotlight put on you to be a certain way. And if you, as soon as you don't live up to that, there's a lot of hate, death threats and things like that that add additional stress. Does that make, does that mean you're going to perform 100% as a good human being? Maybe not. But I think having this moment for her in 2020 has highlighted that opportunity to, to grow and to realize that that privilege that she has, which she has recognized, especially after her, her shitty comment about being, in, being in quarantine, like being in prison. No, it's not Ellen. No, it's not. You're living in a mansion. You have access to good healthcare. Prisoners are dying of COVID. This isn't like, it was a really bad joke. It, it was. I, and I think the people took that way too harsh. I think they did too. I, I, she's in lockdown. She's by her, you know, not by herself, but in a limited capacity of understanding. Yeah. And I think there was a disconnect. She recognizes that has this public conversation. Yeah. She day. apologized that. I, yeah, that day. Inside. Yeah. It's like, okay. I, in my head, I thought that was funny. I realized that that was a very selfish thing to say. And I apologize. We do that, but she's, we do that ourselves every day. We make those mistakes ourselves. We aren't in front of a TV. We don't have billions of people following us so that our mistakes are magnified. She does. Everybody in her situation does. And I truly think that she has the capacity to evolve and continue to be an amazing human being. And I personally. 
The thing you got to figure is that she is a, I mean, she is a very successful business, business person, woman, very successful business person. Yes. And so I'm sure there's times she's had to be hard and had to make those hard choices. Yeah. She has an expectation of herself and others. And so I'm, and I'm always going to go back to this. I don't know if she did this shit. I don't know. And I think it's great that she's apologized. If I was an employee and that's really happened to me, I don't know if that would be enough. You know, so there's all these things going on. So what, um, boy, my train of thought, oh, sorry, that's my train of thought. Is, I have that well, effect wait, on people. I know, well, looking, looking deep in your eyes as I was, so, is um, would we have had the same reaction to her the way she was? And we don't know if it had been a man doing the exact same things. I'm just really curious about that. Right, because I know well, I shouldn't say I knew, like I've been on the set and I know. But we've, he- we've heard some stories about producers or hosts of shows being just real dicks. Oh, he's just a perfectionist and we have high standards. And that's so, yeah. OK, so it's, it's like- the same fucking thing, but it's a, di- it's a difference in the gender or difference in their, their sexual preference, whatever. There's something different as long as it's not this hetero cis white male situation. It gets this. It gets extra hate thrown onto it, and that's what we. I always take out the. You know, you always have to take that stuff with a grain of salt. I will say that when she makes her motto "Be kind to one another," she's setting herself up for failure. There's almost no way she wasn't gonna. You have one bad moment, you're screwed. Right. So that's you know, the other side of it. When uh, but the that, ambition, have... I love. I love the ambition because I <laughs> oh, think yeah. honestly, if we can spend a little more time caring about our neighbors about anyone else other than ourselves, this world can be a better place. So I think what we can say is what we, I think I can speak for both of us and Holly can tell me to fuck off if I'm doing this. But you know, I tell I, you that anyway, but yeah, in you a, tell more, that anyway. more with in the a nice reason. love, you know, like yeah. just love on yourself. It's fine. But I think we can both say that we both consider her a gay icon, a queer icon. And I think that uh, we both respect her. I love her show. I, I still watch it. Right. And she's human. And I mean, talk about queer nundrum. She is a queer nundrum. Like, right. You know, I right? mean, she fits right what we're talking about. And um, that's a very good one to start with in our queer quadmire explored is to jump yeah. into this conundrum that is Ellen. Yeah. And it is. We we don't know all. We we see her persona. That's what we see. We don't see what she's like behind the scenes. We don't. Mm-hmm. So I, I will always still, I love her show. I'm always going to respect her. I'm Absolutely. probably that I've never worked for her. I'm, I'm going to say that too, but I would do a show with her. Absolutely. I would do a movie with her. I would just love to sit down and, and just have a cup of tea or coffee. And just, just, I love her entrepreneurial spirit. And I love that she started pushing her true self as a, as a LBGTQ member, pushing her true self for there. And I forgot one of the coolest things is a woman over four at the time she was over 40 and uh, had been out for a while and she was a cover girl model. I love that. What? You know, so that's, I forgot that one. So that's really. No, I didn't know she was a cover girl model. Oh, yeah, actually, she was, yes, I did. She yes, was did. a spokesperson. Maybe she was over 50. I can't remember now. But she did that for several years, which I love. So that's, uh, Yeah, I remember uh, that so, now. So I was watching like a about top her. model or something like that. And it came up yeah. in conversation. I was like, oh my gosh. That's so yeah. So, so many, there's so many wonderful things about her. There's a that lot she's of done for the queer community. So yeah. I, yeah, I'm glad I, I'm probably, like I said, I'm probably glad I never worked for her. 
but I'm not, boy, I love everything she did for that. She's still doing for the queer community. Mm-hmm. Actually, one more thing I, I and I, <laughs> I appreciated when she came out and defended Kevin Hart. He oh, made yeah. the, I appreciated that as a gay man. I appreciated, yes, he made some very disparaging marks 10 years before about yeah. gay people. He has admitted since then he has changed. <laughs> Right. And I respected him for not, okay, I'm not going to apologize for it again. I already did. I respected his view on that. So. Yeah. And, I, so. and I, that's what we should do for every, like, there are some people who truly and genuinely did not mean for that to be, like, didn't know or whatever you want to call it. Maybe they had a belief at that time, but have since realized their error in that. And there are, there are things out there that are in permanent audio or film and you can't, you can't erase that. It's go- it's always going to be there. So when you go out and you're this this famous person, you're making billions of dollars. You're gonna be like, well, I hear that you were uh, anti-gay, so we can't have you, you know, on our show. Ten years ago, pretty, you know, ten years ago or twenty or thirty or whatever. And it's like, yes, I was wrong. Ten years ago, I was absolutely wrong, and I I'm living proof of I, I'm living a life of positivity towards that. I'm, I'm trying to undo my mistakes by by just living a good example. And it's like, you, if you keep hating on them, they're never going to achieve that. Well, I shouldn't say never. They will, despite the hate. And so I think that's a good wrap up on the actual Ellen mm-hmm. that saying that she's a human and she's not as perfect as she puts her persona on TV, which we I would hope most her. people are smart enough to realize. Still love her. Still yeah. appreciate everything she's doing. I hope that she continues with her entrepreneurial spirit of pushing those those those. I don't know, just pushing the envelope on it. They, and she's I, making I, fucking amazing money. So good for she's her. She's making great money. And I, and I, you, gosh, her and Lily Tomlin are my favorite. I just love, just love. Anyway. So anyway. Thank um, you so much for, for listening yeah. to our craziness about living Yeah, we're going to, we, 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 we kind of went fangirl on this one, you know. So just a little bit, but you know, you, you either love it or you, you don't. Yeah. You know, so, it's anyway. Yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> Let's let's jump into our our queer corner, shall we? Did you want to go first this time on queer corner? Uh, sure. Okay. Yeah. So my queer my queer corner, as I said at the top of the show, is uh, identifying, like self-identifying, right? So for the longest time, I did not like being identified as a lesbian, even though She's I a lesbian. okay, shut up. So so I dated. I did date. A couple of guys. And what did you do when they tried to go to? I broke first their hands. Yeah. I broke their hands. <laughs> really, what they probably felt like. One person actually thought that was kind of a turn on because he was military and he's like, "Damn, you're strong." And like, I was like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." <laughs> I was like, "Please don't. We're done." I, but it, it was just. I, it always felt like I was date. I was hanging out with my best friend, and they always like, "I'm I'm h- hanging out with this cool woman who's my girlfriend." But every time they hold my hand or put their hands on my knee, oh, I just cringe and run and I, yeah, break their hands. So, but every time I, I had a hand, I had dated a handful of, of women, three of them serious relationships, three of them I was engaged, one of them I married, my beautiful wife. And those relationships, like that relationship felt right. Like I didn't mind holding hands. It was comfortable with that. I didn't mind hands on knees. I was comfortable with that. I I was more comfortable in, in my skin as a human being when I was dating 
a woman and just never felt that way of dating a man. And so I, I always thought of myself as bisexual because I've, I feel like, okay, maybe the, the right guy came into my life. I would feel that comfort that I have when I was dating a woman. That's not true. Like, it's just not true. Like I cannot imagine being in a romantic relationship with a man. It just, it makes me extremely uncomfortable. And when I think about that and I think about like the definition of lesbian, why, why did I have such a strong aversion to that? I think it's the same reason why older, older individuals have a strong aversion to the word queer. There was a negative connotation for me anyway, attached to that word. And I think a lot of that came from people in high school thinking I was, was gay and they were calling me all kinds of names that had some sort of spin on, on the les on lesbian title. And so I refused to have that as a title, um, as a, as an identifier I should say. And I realize now after growing in my understanding and re- doing the research on these terminologies that are part of our community, realizing that there's nothing bad about the word. It was, what was it's uh, those people. It was about those individuals that were hating that it's, it's so it's not the word. And so I, I've come to accept the fact that I am lesbian. I am a gay woman and I'm okay with that. And I feel great. I, I feel great telling you, even though you will probably never meet me. And I, I, I would love to meet people and get and share my story with people and learn from them. The reality is, is we'll probably never meet. And I feel really good about myself saying who I am by, by identifying by by finding those words that mean something to us, and that's something but that you we prefer want. queer. Am I correct? Though that's your I do prefer queer, and just in order of preference, I do prefer queer. I I, I find that it's more gender accepting, more gen. Just I don't know, there's something better loving about it. That's just you like it better. I like it better. Yeah, it's just a more emotional Without response. Saying, I, get more I just like it better, and, and that's what we want for the shows. That we want to bring new words like. You know, we I think we talked about it a couple of shows ago about uh, gray sexuality and understanding that there is a difference in who we love and how we love. And sometimes we want that romantic relationship. And then there's periods in our lives where we don't. We just don't want that romantic connection. And that is a fluid change in ourselves. And that is not with everyone. And sometimes it's with some, you know, maybe your partner is on and off and it's not about you and it's about how they feel as a human being. And that is okay. And so we're going to have those conversations in future and future shows. And we hope that you will share your experience with us so that we can learn and grow and we can share that more accurately and um, more positively with people. And I, I just, I want you to know that I, I love it. I feel good. I feel good that I've come to this point in my life as a human. So um, mine is not, my queer corner is not near as deep as yours, which is, that was a really good one. Um, I was going to do one thing, which I'm going to do for a later one, but today I went to um, have coffee at the best coffee house in Gunnison. Um, and I, I love to go there when I have time. And I was actually supposed to meet somebody there and I got stood up. They just, they forgot about it. And at the end of the world, I had a book I was reading, but I was looking outside and how beautiful it was snowing and stuff like that. And, and then looking around and seeing, um, really focusing on the people and noticing, um, in particular, the men who were all wearing different, they can, the different colored shirts you'd see men wearing and the different clothing that happens now, that it's not really 
queer centric, but it's, I remember growing up when I was a teenager, you could not wear pink unless you, that's, you knew you were gay. A man could not wear pink. Right. Which is so weird because pink was originally a man's color. Royal, royalty, but it was men who wore it. And so it's just, it was just really nice to look around and realize it, it hadn't occurred to me where that switch had happened, that it was really, you saw these guys and they're younger guys, most of them, you know, but wearing these different, you know, these really bright colors or, um, and you, I, I love it seeing now you see guys and talking about guys because women have done all this stuff. I saw, I just saw these guys, you know, besides, you know, these pure guys, but I saw other ones um, all like when they're getting ready to say goodbye to each other, they all gave each other hugs and there wasn't like a bro hug you know they actually gave each other hugs Mm -hmm. which is nice to see what's happening with this generation that's that's um dealing with all the shit of trump and stuff and i know some of them out there are trump supporters i saw doing this but it's just nice to see that that part is they don't consider that sexual anymore that they you know they're just giving each other a hug you know it's good to see you i'm glad we got together um i'm not entirely sure when that switch happened either where it wasn't when you see two, like nice dressing dudes, like you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. you're dressing, you dress, you like wearing nice clothes. They're brightly yeah. vi- vibrant. I'm not going to assume the two of you are together romantically. You know, I don't know when that switch happened for me either. Not because I've never really focused on it. Yeah. Now that you mention it, it's like, yeah, I, get, I, I've never made that assumption, but I can recall that being conversations where people were like, oh, they're, they're a couple. It's like, well, how do you know? And you just don't. And I found out that the person who's in charge of our IT in, in our area at work, I found out he's and he's married to another guy. And I, and it's just something I've worked with him for six months, and you know, none of that it, it doesn't have to come up, and it never even occurred to me. Or, yeah. And it's just nice to know that we've gotten to that point with all yeah. the other shit going on in the world, and thank God Trump's I, almost out of it. Um, well, and, how do you- Having queer representation in in the media, you know, with Ellen or even like actors and writers and stuff like that helps reduce the social prejudice against the queer community because we're having these healthier so, conversations and representation. So yeah, no, so it's just it was just a, a nice all of a sudden realization that going, wow, okay, they we give a lot of crap to the younger people, but they're really doing they're mm-hmm. doing some thing they're doing some things right. Uh Two of, the, two of the students that um, I don't work with them, ironically, one of them I fired, but I've become pretty good friends with her since then. They're, um, they're a wonderful friend. couple. <laughs> but they, um, and they're all the time posting things about Black Lives Matter, but they really walk the walk, too. You see mm-hmm. them all the time doing things. So we've got a really, I think, a really good, that what I don't know what are they they're not generation what generation are they now they're Je- I go with, I've been calling them generation awesome I don't know they're I want to yeah. I don't know but and they're just they're really it's nice to see this and my my youngest daughter's part of this group where they really yes there are the jerks no matter what but they really are a group that have I think they're, we're going to see great things come from them because they really are, they're a very open-minded generation. And I'm really appreciating that. So that's my queer corner. So I wasn't off by, but when I said generation, awesome generation alpha. Okay. Yeah. The millennial. So the true millennials, are, you know, I guess, I guess, I don't know. 
I, I would say that the that this generation's the generation alpha, and I. Well, you're a millennial, aren't you? I am. I'm. I am, but like a, like barely. I think by a oh, couple I'm the months. same way. I'm a generation X, but barely. I'm the first of the generation X's. So yeah, I'm the. I think I was the first. I know. I think yeah. I actually. I think I missed the millennials by like four months. I can't remember if I'm six months in or four months out. <laughs> All right. I don't. Desiree I honestly, and Dean are both baby boomers. I don't care. I I don't care. Whatever it is, yeah. I I'm me in any but, generation you want to plug me into. I'm going to be me regardless. I just think that uh, my generation, Generation X in particular, and uh, baby boomers, don't look at the this the the younger people. A lot of them, I think, look at them with disdain to a degree. And I'm really happy to see the group that we have coming. And just having those generations like work together and Mm -hmm. share together. And then you could kind of get an idea about who you are in these moments. But anyway, we should probably wrap up our show because we we try to go for an hour. Sometimes these shows just take us a wee bit longer. And, you know, maybe when we get writers and producers on the show, we can – Maybe keep ourselves from talking too much, but probably not going to happen. We talk too much anyway. (laughs) Thank you for connecting with us on this week's Conundrum. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Quernundrum Podcast. And email us at Quernundrum at Quernundrum.com. And please rate and review us on iTunes. Until then, peace and be well. And be queer.